0: I had a really cute shrimp. Come here, little cute shrimpies. Don't run away. (laughs) You're shaking your booty at me, and I love it.
1: Don't mind us pausing. We're just taking a little break so Mo can take pictures of her shrimp.
0: (laughs) Uh And now they all ran away. But they're just so cute. I love them. They just shake their booties. (laughs)
1: Here's what's coming up. On February 12th, we will have a special guest. Author Bethany Finger will be joining us to discuss her debut novel, More Than Life, a YA historical fantasy. If you've been with us for a while, you might also know that Bethany has been on before and hosts the Prince Kai FanPod. Tune in for a great time. If you love the show and want to support us, you can check out patreon.com slash the podcast for a huge list of perks. We hope you consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patrons, the Pirate Queen and Leah. May your problems always be fictional. Now, on with the show.
0: Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, my best friend, Abby. Tonight, we're talking about one of our favorite independent authors, Rachel Aaron, and her new trilogy. Ooh, I don't know what the trilogy name is. Do you? I believe it's
1: DFC Changeling or the Changeling.
0: Ooh, is it just Changeling? Might just be Changeling. So if you guys remember, we have read the Heartstrucker series, which is set 100 years in the future, cyberpunk um, in Detroit that follows Julius and um, his mage friend. What's her name? Marcy. That's Marcy. her name. Mm-hmm. um and then the dfz um trilogy follows the rise of the dfz and dfc spirit which is fabulous is, is marcy the main character in that one too no no that is the one with opal that's the one with opal you're right mm-hmm. excellent book quite delightful um because she's the human adopted child of the dragon of korea correct got yep, it yep.
1: that's Dfc. And- Yep, and this trilogy is actually called DFZ Changeling.
0: And this one is a little bit different flavor. So we experienced, of course, the dragons and heart strikers, um, the rise of the great spirits, really, in the DFZ, and some dragon dynamic um, in the sense of, like, dragon adoption. Um, and this one, we are no dragons, which is... Kind of sad, but we're experiencing more of the uh, fey world inside of the Dfz and mages. Um, It was a different flavor, and I'm excited to talk about it with you tonight. Yeah, Um, this trilogy is, I mean, it's set in the same world,
1: but it's very different just because there's really no dragon presence. Like, they're mentioned in passing because they're part of the general world, but they're not really a thing that has anything to do with the story, which is interesting. And I really enjoy this general concept because in the previous two series that take place in this world, it's focused on the dragons. It really is. And there's like, there's zero mention of any kind of fey creatures at all. So like that wasn't even a thing that, would have entered your head reading any of the other books. So having suddenly this trilogy be focused on a changeling
0: of all things was like, whoa, wait, there's Fae yeah. in this world? Well, and I think we kind of knew there was Fae because it talks about the... I thought we did, like, talk about the neat magic and stuff, and it talked about, like, how magic um dissipated and dried up a thousand years ago before it sprang back open again.
1: Yeah, but that had nothing to do with Fae.
0: Okay, well, that's that, fine. Was, you that are, was all about... Um, you are so much better than I do, so I believe anything you tell me at this point. So you can t- you can just tell me all sorts of crazy shit, and I'll be like, all right, sounds
1: great. No, the only the magic um, in the previous books was focused on the dragons and the humans and the spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no mention of Fae whatsoever until this book, and I really appreciate how she brought the Fae in because it's explained in this book that once the magic started coming back in, the Fae started getting their power back. And so they are basically in hiding. So like the general populace just doesn't know about them. They're sliding under under the radar for now. And I find that very interesting.
0: Sneaky sneaky, aren't they? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so do we have any fun facts?
0: We actually didn't. So I'm, I'm pretty positive oh, I, that I've not repeated these facts before. So one thing I thought was very interesting that I don't think I realized is that Rachel Aaron once worked for Orbit, um, and her favorite editor who worked for Orbit ended up working um, for Tor, but she decided that Rachel Aaron is a chaotic writer, okay? She's not a... <laughs> I'm going to produce this thing and everyone's going to love it and jump on it and it's going to be the same thing every time. Um, She's a perfectionist and a control freak and she's like, I write what's in my head and if it's not in my head, like if the thing that the, uh, the publishing company wants is not there, I can't write it. It's like, I just don't do that. So she is much better at writing or self-publishing and one of the big things is is that when she really started writing like um the Eli Moon Press books which was what she published um first and then on the Paradox Trilogy she published second that's why she has a different name on that one Rachel Bach um, which both of those came out of orbit it's just that most of the time in sci-fi it's hard action sci-fi with strong romance which as we both know like is not, you know, is not hard romance. It's just some light, like, mm, that first book's so good, and then, and, okay, wrong, wrong book we're talking about, anyway. Um, <laughs> or fast-paced, funny, epic fantasy tends to be what Orbit would publish. in um, mm-hmm. her genre, in general, you know, you have big dramatic rise with lovable people. That's how she describes her books, and I have to agree with her. She writes that's something we always talk about is her characterization and her world building are both fabulous, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, and, she, and she's, she's one of those writers that like
1: independent is definitely where she needs to be because I vibe. I so I hardcore vibe with the whole, if it's not there, I can't write it. <laughs> uh You vibe with, if it's not there, I can't read it even. So, yeah, but like, That gives me a lot of empathy for a writer like Rachel Aaron, who's like, Hey guys, I wrote a Western just out of nowhere. She's like, by the way, I wrote a Western. Um." (laughs) It's just like, that's what she was vibing with at the moment. I'm like, yeah, I get that. That's why it was like, I was super supportive. Like of all of her books, they are my least favorite. They weren't bad. They were just like, they're my absolute least favorite of her books. But also, I totally get why she would have just randomly written a Western, because that's what she was feeling, and I get it. Right. <laughs> There's a reason she's one of my favorite authors. It's because I vibe with her. <laughs> but yes, um, that is a very apt way to describe
0: her books, big Dramatic Rides with Lovable People. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, we're going to try it. Uh, and just one thing, Rachel it's just like, guys... If you can't tell, if you have not realized it yet, I am a huge nerd, is what she just wants everyone in the world to know about her. She loves anime, manga, and role-playing games. And if you haven't understood that based on her books, you need to get with the picture because she gets a lot of inspiration from those things specifically. Yeah,
1: I mean, she's even written a series that is an RPG book. Or an RPG series. I think she co-authored it with somebody. But she has an RPG series. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Forever Fantasy Online or something. Yeah, Forever Fantasy Online. It's like FFO. Yes. Which is a really big genre right now. Like Nate's really... In, they're called um, Itsekai books. um Where you get sucked into the games and stuff. Like Nate's really into those. Mm-hmm. Um, animes too. I, the genre's okay. I'm not, like,
1: hardcore into it, but I do occasionally like reading it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I like it in anime a lot. I can tell you that. I feel like it's really big in anime. Oh, it's huge right now. Massive. Like, a lot of ant. You know how they all come in waves? Like, it's currently a wave coming through. Well, I mean, everything comes in waves, honestly. Yeah. So why don't you tell us what buy a silver thread is about by the way guys that's the title I'm not sure if i said it but hey buy a silver thread the first book of the changeling dfz book series by rachel aaron guess what the new one is out and she just released the cover for the third book uh, within the last week anyway take it away abby tell us the summary of this book
1: in the world's most magical metropolis where spirits run noodle shops and cast strap dragons stage photo ops for tourists People still think fairies are nothing but stories, and that's exactly how the fairies like it. It's a lot easier to feast on humanity's dreams when no one believes you exist. But while this arrangement works splendidly for most fair folk, Lola isn't one of the lucky ones. She's a changeling, a fairy monster made just human enough to dupe unsuspecting parents while fairies steal their real child. The magic that sustains her was never meant to last past initial theft, leaving Lola without a future. But thanks to Victor Conrath, a very powerful and very illegal blood mage, she was given the means to cheat death for a price. Now, the only changeling ever to make it to adulthood, Lola has served the blood mage faithfully, if reluctantly, for 20 years. Her unique ability to slip through the wards and change her shape to look like anyone has helped make Victor a legend in the DFC's illegal magic underground. It's not a great life, but at least the work is stable until her master vanishes without a trace. With only a handful left of the pills that keep her human, Lola must find Victor before she turns back into the fairy monster she was always meant to be. But with a whole SWAT team of federal paladins hunting her as a blood mage accomplice, an urban legend on a silent black motorcycle who won't leave her alone, and a mysterious fairy king with the powers to make the entire city dream, Lola's chances of getting out of this alive are as slender as a silver thread.
0: Womp, womp, womp. Not really. Womp, 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 womp. That's right. Probably- <laughs> Man. Mm-hmm. Just a very. I do feel like, I don't know if you do, like, I feel like this one is a little bit darker than the other books. And I think it has to do, obviously, with Victor being a blood, blood mage.
1: Yeah, for sure. These are a little bit darker than the previous ones, mostly because the Big Bad is a blood mage, which is very <laughs> different from evil dragon
0: right well and like i really feel you know she's serving him but she's tied she's stuck like she is a slave essentially fitting mm-hmm. and i the, you know we'll talk more about this too but the character so we'll go straight into the characters so we have lola the changeling who for the last i think it's like 20 years or so she's in her 20s ish maybe mm-hmm. 26 25 um has been literally a slave to the blood mage victor um and she has to do his bidding and god poor girl's got some issues man she she like heavily needs to go talk to somebody yeah yeah, yeah. she got she got all them issues mm-hmm. and then we, of course we have her master victor conrath conrath mm-hmm. yeah Victor Conrad, a blood mage who gives Lola pills that he makes to allow her to keep her human guys because she's made out of what's, um, goo. Gossamer. Yeah, I call it a goo in my head, but yes, Gossamer sounds good too. Where she's just putty. You know, she takes all these shapes and it's all about belief. You know, God, like, mm, the end of it. Mm, we have to talk about that because I have some thoughts about beliefs. Um, Then we course like, had the Black Rider, who is an urban legend of the DfZ come to life. He's a creepy, creepy guy. He reminded me of the Ghost Rider, if you know, like from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's oh. what I thought of too. Yep. I was um,
1: scared when he took his helmet off the first time.
0: <laughs> is there going to be a glowing skull? Mm, almost, almost. Well, well. I mean, when he took off his helmet the first time, you're also like, well, you know what I mean. Mm, yeah. So we'll, mm-hmm. you guys will find out about that too. Um, we won't. We're trying really hard not to be spoily because we're trying to be spoil free in the first half. Um, of course, then we have Simon, who's Victor's apprentice, who grew up with Lola, and he's a normal human. Not no no dragon, no fae, no. No spirit, normal, human. But unfortunately, he is also blood mage. Not by choice. He got forced into it. Um, we have Tristan, who is Lola's fate ally. He is known as the White Knight of Morgan. And he was an interesting fellow to meet. And we have Jamie, who is a minor character. She's kind of spicy. I feel like she's uh really running the show in Victor's Criminal Underground as his personal assistant. Mm-hmm. But she never ages. And because she also relies on Victor for his magic. It never ages. Mm. And she's perfect looking.
1: I feel like the more perfect a person looks, the more it freaks me out.
0: Well, and also in, like, if the more perfect she is, like, when, if, like, the magic finally dries up, she'll just wither into a husk of a person, you know? hmm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hmm Anyway, just something terrible to think about.
1: Thanks for that. No problem.
0: <laughs> uh, something else I really enjoyed about this book before we get into the second half is that this entire thing was set around Halloween. So it had a very much a Halloween vibe, too, which I was like, it had a little bit more horror-esque in the book, a little bit more fantasy horror. Mm-hmm. Which maybe also give me that darker vibe, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, this book had a little bit of a creep factor, like not a huge Mm -hmm. one that because like I don't do horror, but this didn't bother me. Like this was a level of creep factor
0: that I could deal with. No problem. But yeah, it was just my favorite type of horror because if you're too dark, I'm out, man. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that is our summary. Our characters we would like to talk about this book so when we come back we're gonna spoil it as always even read the book definitely worth reading highly love anything said in the dfz series go pick it up she's on Kindle unlimited or her ebooks are 4.99 chef's kiss go get them guys
1: all right we'll talk to you in a minute guys
0: these days more authors are including mental health content in their books But do you ever wonder how
1: accurate some of this stuff is?
0: Or do you ever read something where you know the author
1: just gets it? I'm Elise. And I'm Priscilla. And we are Novel Feelings, a podcast where we discuss mental health issues in fiction novels. We are psychologists and book lovers, and we have a lot of opinions. So look for Novel Feelings wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your show. Welcome back, guys. And remember, this half is spoilers. So if you have not read Buy a Silver Thread by Rachel Aaron, we highly recommend that you stop right here and you go read it because we are about to spoil things. And we don't want it spoiled for you because this was a really good book.
0: Yes, it is. All right, Abby. Inquiring minds need to know who are your favorite characters? Oh, I loved the Black Rider so much. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I'm just going to say it straight up right now. He was my favorite character.
1: He was. He was hands down the best character in this book. You can't go wrong with him. I don't know what
0: it is, but she writes such good love interests. Mm -hmm. Though I was a little concerned that he wasn't like the primary love interest because, like, I was like, is it going to be Tristan? who might be her love interest, or Simon? And I'm like, oh, we better not love Triangle, or love um Square This, you know what I mean? Yeah, I thought it was going to be Simon for a hot second. I'm like, no.
1: No. She has a cool, mysterious dude already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't need the childhood best friend, thank you very much.
0: <laughs> Which, I mean, we do like childhood best friends and stuff, but man, but like, when Jamie was like, you know that she doesn't think of you like that and he's like i know but i love her you know regardless Mm." (laughs) that broke my heart a little
1: and i was just like okay characters who do that and like genuinely don't go after the girl because they know the girl's not interested in them Mm -hmm. i want nothing but the best for those characters i know you know like (laughs) i want you to be happy i know you can't be happy with the person you want to be happy with but i need you to find somebody else to be happy with (laughs) Because I need you to be happy now. <laughs> Ugh, so, so hard. Ugh. But the Black Rider is so cool and mysterious, and I love his backstory. hmm Like, mm-hmm. oh was, my gosh. Every time I learned more about him, I'm like, I never would have guessed. <laughs> you know? I know. Like, I had no idea where he was, like, I had no concept of what he was like or what his backstory would be no matter how much I kept learning about him. Right. (laughs) And I loved that. It was so fun to learn about him. And I love his dynamic with Lola. And I love that they're both they have this dynamic of we like each other, we want to help each other escape, because we're Mm -hmm. both stuck under the same master. Yeah. Neither of us wants to be like, oh I know. It was so good. I loved him so much. And they're like, we will support each other. Ugh. It's like trauma bonding. That's what it is. They were trauma bonding. No one needs to be trauma bonded. No, but that's what they were doing. I know. And then, obviously, I really liked Simon. I loved that... I love that Rachel Aaron doesn't love Triangle. (laughs) I appreciate that so much about the way she writes. Because, like... Ain't nobody got time for that nonsense. Come no. On. We know who the real love interest is. But Simon was so wholesome and he wanted to help. And I can't mention that because it's in the next book. But like, you learn so much about him that's just like, why
0: are you so wholesome? How can you be a blood mage and be this good? Like, well, but he didn't want to be a blood mage. He was reluctant at it, you know, and he was forced into it. He was brought back live too. I know, but that's what I'm saying.
1: Like, I want nothing but good for this guy. (laughs) Like, he needs a happy ending. If she kills him, I'm going to be very upset, right? Because he's a worthwhile character, and I just I need him to be happy now. (laughs) Uh, You might find this a little controversial. No, you're going to find this controversial. But I liked Lola. Okay. She kind of sucks for a lot of the book. Mm-hmm. I will give you that. But also, I can understand why she sucks so much through the, a lot of this book. It yep. doesn't, she doesn't personally do much. Because when you have been a slave, basically a slave, for the majority of
0: your life, what do you even believe you can do anymore? You know? Mm-hmm. Well, she was like, so broken. Like, I understand now. So... I have thoughts about her because like for me and guys like Lola for me is a least favorite character like in this book. And I struggle so hard to get into this book because of Lola in the beginning. And as she hit that turning point, I was like, I understand. I am with you, girl. I got this. I am here. I think she will be one of my favorite characters in the next book because her character growth was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. You know, she was broken and I understand that. Like you said, her and Simon were kind of trauma bonding, which I was like, I don't don't like this. What is this? And she was just so like, I can't do anything. And I'm so pathetic. And I'm like, no, you're not. I don't know why you're doing this. Let's stop this. Mm -hmm. You know, but I understand it all now, of course. But I struggled. Okay. I struggled with her a lot. I get it. And that's totally fair. I
1: I think if I hadn't liked the black Rider so much, I might have been less keen on Lola in general and like this book in general. Um, but he was such a fascinating character that it helped push me through. And once I had Lola's whole story, I was like, okay, I like you. Mm -hmm. I can get on board with this. Like I get why you acted the way that you've been acting. Because to be fair, in her shoes, I can't see myself doing much different. Yeah. I just can't. So like I really can't fault her for that. It's frustrating as I'll get out, but I can't fault her for it. Right. Okay, so what about you? Favorite characters?
0: The Black Rider, hands down. Loved him, loved his concept. Um major spoiler, when he loses his helmet, he has no head. So their major fight, right, um, with the paladins who are scary as all get out. So the paladins are like these super self-righteous. I mean, they're paladins, like literally the name paladin. If you guys know and play D&D, we're like, oh, my God, self-righteous, like religious freaks. Yeah, well, they got these um, in the DFC, but luckily the DFC hates them and try to keep them out. But apparently they made a negotiation to get in to get the blood mage because she also hates blood mages. So she's like the friend of my enemy anim- or the enemy of my enemy is my friend, kind of, sort of. Um, mm-hmm. Well, they fought the um, black rider, chopped off his head. And he just kept right on fighting. His helmet rolled off and there was no head in it. <laughs> head. It's fine. <laughs> um,
1: I'm not going to lie, that cracked me up.
0: <laughs> yeah well, and then like when we find out later like his head isn't re- his real head it's the head of the fae that was his um uh blood ma- like his original masters like he h- him and his family is so tragic such a tragic backstory because they were taken oh, yeah. as slaves and made to fight for the entertainment of this fae and then he lost his head and was given the head of the fae when victor transformed him into his little the uh, bodyguard figure slash um uh, one uh cleaner like he's a cleaner he kills people and gets rid of the problems as needed mm-hmm. you know so he's forced if he wears the head he's forced to see the head of the person that made him and his family slaves yeah it's so sad um Cause like initially when the black writer and Lola met, you know, he communicated, I loved how he communicated through writing initially, you know?
1: Oh, I know. That was so sweet. Like, I know they weren't love notes, but it was still so sweet. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or notes in class passed back and forth. Right. Right. It gave, Uh, it gave these 20 somethings. Well, Lola's a 20 something, but it gave these adults like such this sweet juvenile feel to the way they were communicating.
0: I don't know. I just, I just really like their dynamic too. So the black rider, hands down, loved, loved him. Great character, nice and spooky. Basically the ghost rider concept and the D of Z only not. um, And then I really like Tristan. Um, So he's a Fae. He's a little, I mean, as all Fae are in pretty much every single book I've read with Fae in it is self-serving. But I got the vibe that he genuinely does care about Lola. And maybe it's care in the more sense of Victor was going to give him to her kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But I just, I have this hope that he actually does have a friendship with her, you know, and actually does care for her.
1: Yeah. I was really iffy about him for most of the book because I was just like, Mm, I don't know Faye in any book now like I've heard too much Mercy Thompson I don't trust Faye in any fantasy book anymore Mm-mm. and so like we meet Faye in a book and I'm just like I don't trust you you haven't even said anything yet but I don't trust you
0: something is sus about you and we're
1: not sure what it is you're Faye that's it That's that's all I need to know right so uh needless to say i was suspicious of every single Faye we met
0: <laughs> can't trust them nope um, but those were my two favorite character ones i really got attached to in the book who yeah. did you like the least abby victor mm-hmm.
1: i and mean a piece of trash
0: <sighs> but he's such a good villain. rachel Aaron, It's villains Mm. mm, they're so good. He was a fantastic villain.
1: Um, I enjoyed hating him, but also I genuinely hated him. Because, first off, Blood Mage, that's terrible. Um, yes, always, always terrible. Just absolutely horrifying. And then to find out that he's got slaves, literal slaves, just like, and not even just Lola and the Black Rider. He's got others.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or he's got these poor thralls that are just have to sit in front of the TV forever and ever.
1: Right. Or the people that he makes money from, his clients. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, the clients aren't like completely innocent or anything. I'm not saying that. But holy crap, does he take advantage of people? Like, there's absolutely no. There's nothing redeeming about this dude. <laughs> There's not a single thing that I like about him. He's terrible. He's the kind of person if he was like this in real life, and you saw him on the street, you would want to punch him.
0: Yeah, but then I would. But if you punched him, he would not. He would not be nice to punch because he would come in. I didn't
1: say I would punch him. I said I would want to punch him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. <laughs> then. The, the Fae in general, as I said before, I don't trust Fae anymore in books at all. Any character in any book meets a Fae. I'm immediately on my guard going, don't trust them. Don't give them anything. Don't agree to anything. Walk away. No trust. Zero trust. I have zero trust in any Fae anymore.
0: Well, and I mean, I guess in this book for me, is not even just the Fae. It's the um, Morgan's husband. God, what's his name? Oh, um... I want to say Peter. The Night King or something? Uh, I don't know. I gotta look it up.
1: The Nightmare King Albrecht.
0: Albrecht, yeah. You know, we should have known it was Albrecht because... Where did you get Peter? Albrecht, Peter, similar names. (laughs) Similar. Hopefully. (laughs) Dramatic names. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay. Yep, Peter's a very dramatic name. <laughs> um, but yeah, just every single fae, I don't like them. Tristan was, like, the least bad on a bad scale. <laughs> but I still don't trust him.
0: Right. So what about you? Oh, well, struggle with Lola. Okay, I mean, I just, I mean, girlfriend, like, if you're going to be the main character of the book... And I did not want to DNF this book because I already don't like the Western books that much and I love the DMZ universe. I'm like, I will get into this. Abby said it's good. Trust Abby. Trusting the Abby. I trust the Abby, but oh my God, I I struggled so hard to get through the beginning 25% of the book.
1: I'm really glad you trusted the Abby though.
0: The Abby has yet to leave me astray.
1: She tries really hard not to. I know. It was kind of a struggle. Like there was one spot in the book where I kind of like put it down for a couple days. Cause I just, it lost the momentum for me. And I'm like,
0: uh, I need a break. Yeah. Yeah. But once so. I got through that 25% mark, I was like, bam, I'm ready, man. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lola's character growth at the end of the book and the epilogue, I'm like, all right. I'm like kick-ass female character. Here we come. I'm ready for you. Yeah. I so mm, he almost killed the book for me though, Um and then Albrecht. I think not just the Fey in general are pretty terrible in the book, but Albrecht, the king guy. Ooh, mm. ooh, ooh! And especially when he's like toying with Lola, and he's like, "We got plans for you, me, and Victor." And she's like, "What the hell are you people doing to me?" Mm. You know?
1: I was horrified when Albrecht started like hinting that he was working with Victor. I was like, "Oh shit! Are you kidding me?"
0: Well, and I really like how all the ties came together about the movie. So in this book, there's this movie that um, Victor has financed and has a little bit of fairy enthrallment in it because when they watched the movie, both Simon and the Black Rider could not look away. And Lola's like, this is the dumbest piece of crap I've ever watched in my life, guys. Mm -hmm. And it's all about this um monster fin- um the I think the viking god um Fenrir, and how he is rampaging through the dmz and no one can stop it not mm-hmm. the military not the dragons not the mages and it's all because magic works on belief in the system like the more you believe something the more power you give it and so they gave power to basically this monster, the and Lola was the catalyst for that. She, 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 like, Victor, you know, always told her she was a little monster. So she believes she was a monster. And then just like throwing this movie and the entire population of the, of the DFZ's belief into her made her into this rampaging monster, you know. And when she had that click of magic works on belief, I, magic works on my belief. I believe, yes, I am the monster, but I'm also Lola. I'm also a person. And then it's like, she took control of everything. Ugh. Well, and think about how long-term
1: Victor's plan was. Calling her a monster from the beginning to drill it into her head from the beginning to set all this up.
0: Because, mm-hmm. like... Well, isn't it, did, like, a 20-year a gamble or something for him? Yeah, possibly longer than that.
1: Because if he'd been working on this plan prior to finding her, like, because he, he found her because he knew that she would be part of this plan. Well, So, like, he, he was well, working I mean, on it for...
0: This is an over-20-year gamble. Yeah. Well, remember, Albrecht made her, so he knew she was made. You know, she's had to find him and had that six-year mark right there. Because Albrecht kept, technically, you know, Albrecht kidnapped her sister, you know, the human twin of her. And then um, Victor just had to come and swoop in and basically save her and make her into his little blood slave.
1: Yeah. Terrible. It's terrifying how long-term this plan was.
0: I know. Well, what about favorite scenes? I mean, we are all over the scene game here already. I am in love with the prologue. Okay. Just, I'm
1: telling you, I love the setup of Lola's character. Mm -hmm. Just the concept behind her is so different. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I'm sure there's been changelings in other books. I haven't read a ton of them, but I'm sure they exist. Oh yeah. But to come at it from this angle where you're humanizing this changeling and she is being given this power to continue looking like a human Mm -hmm. And the fact that she's basically a ticking time bomb for when her um, guise is going to be gone if she doesn't keep taking these pills. Mm -hmm. And just like... And the fact that she literally looks like a monster in her changeling form. Yeah. It's not some like pretty fae creature. She looks like a monster in her monster form. I just like... That whole setup was just so interesting to me. And I needed to know more. And I loved that she'd been left in a hospital by her supposed parents. I loved that all the staff were afraid of her because she looked like a monster. And that, like, she was basically dying. Mm
0: -hmm. Because she couldn't keep her form. Plus, it was their belief. They believed she was a monster treated her like a monster so she became even more of a monster right like it was just absolutely fascinating
1: and i so i i loved the whole prologue i loved the setup and meeting victor and everything like it was so freaking interesting and learning about the silver thread that's always around her wrist Mm -hmm. and like everything is set up so well in this prologue that I was like, I need to know everything that happens. So it was like,
0: a great setup. Yeah. I loved the prologue so much.
1: Obviously, every scene between Lola and the writer, like, I adored watching their relationship and them trying to figure out how to get past the hurdles and working together and getting to know each other and how they're communicating and just oh, they were so precious. You know? Mm-hmm. I do agree. And the scene where the writer is dreaming he's human again, like Lola, um, I don't know, is transferring energy to him because he's tired out or something.
0: Yeah, like dream, like feeding him. So he, he, he yeah. eats
1: dreams. Yeah. Yeah, he eats dreams like the Fae because he technically is Fae now or part Fae or something. So she feeds him a dream and she gets to see what his life was like before the Fae destroyed him and his family and like it's both sweet and horrifying because it's like this could have been his life he could have continued living like this and continued being happy with his family his siblings and like nieces and nephews and whatever and just like this is what the Fae took from him Mm -hmm. they took everything they literally took everything, and it's so heartbreaking, but it's also really sweet because Lola is there seeing it all and getting to see him as he was. Oh, that broke my heart. I know.
0: I love them. And
1: then I love the end when she finally finds her sister.
0: That was like the end, the epilogue. Oh. So good. Yeah. It just,
1: it's the pinnacle of everything that she's been striving for. And just like, oh, so good. It was so good. I loved it. And it was, it wasn't how I expected it to be either. I think most of the big reveals in this book were like, that was not how I expected that to go, but I love this more, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and finding her sister was one of those things.
0: It was just so good. It just, it just... Oh, for all the crappy stuff that she's dealt with, it brought the... mm. You know what I mean? I do. Well, let's
1: lead into your favorite scene since I see what the first one on your list is. (laughs) The end.
0: The end was so good. I love the end. I love... I just love how Lola... She went from a wallflower to a force, you know? Mm. And she found her confidence. I'm like, yes, Lola. Yes, girl, you got this. And I really love the world building. So we learn a lot about the D of Z and how it's created and how magic works and how there's a sea of magic and there are crevices where beliefs gather and those beliefs turn into things and they just slowly emerge and everything. And, you know... She found her sister in the middle of this magical pool in a place that, you know, Albrecht and Victor thought she would never find them. And she's like, I'm showing you wrong and different. Also, I loved, I guess another character we didn't mention was Morgan, the queen. Uh, oh, yeah. And how Lola <laughs> found her head. And she's like, I'm shoving, I gotta shove you in the bag, man. I hope that's okay. And she's like, Well, you did what you gotta do. So. <laughs> gonna lie the, the fact that they she introduced a fae queen and it
1: was just her head <laughs> i was like i'm sorry what's going on because mm-hmm. it's ridiculous you think about it there's this big old climax happening happening in the book and you just have the talking head of a fae queen hanging around like why not
0: why not sure why not <laughs> things happen. This is how we do it. Mm. Uh, because Victor stashed her inside of the end, essentially. So humans all have an end, and because Victor's a blood mage, she could see his entire life. And she was, like, what, stashed inside a TV or something? In the something. end? Room. Mm. Yeah, so, and you guys, there's some lore, if you haven't read the books, like, you need to go through and kind of read it. But I was like, that was pretty clever. All right, all right. It
1: really was. The way Rachel Aaron weaves her stories just, like, blows my mind sometimes. hmm
0: I love the scenes. I love every scene with Lola and Ryder. I love when they're sitting on the bench in that peninsula by one of the Great Lakes, and, you know, she feeds him a dream, and we learn about his past. I really love... I even love after that when they're like... Well, it's getting late. Let's go back to the hotel room. And they start getting a little uh, handsy. And they get so handsy that the room turns into ice from his magic. Whoops. Uh, Oops. oops. (laughs) But they're just so sweet. Like, I just, he's so, he's a big, scary teddy bear. He's our Mm -hmm. favorite kind of character, Abby. Oh, I Mm. love me a big, scary teddy bear. I know you do. And I do, too. Mm. um i also really like just the journey into the land of the fae because like we've never had experiences with fae before and it's like super interesting you know yeah i i just love how we just keep getting layers and layers in this world from her she's doing a great job yeah i
1: love that she was able to layer the fae into this world that was already so well established Right. And it felt she's like,
0: here you go.
1: A little bit. Right. Enjoy. Right. It feels like part of the world, even though we went through two book series, not hearing a single thing about the Fae. Yep. We're like, by the way, this exists in the world. And you're like, oh, OK, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: But <laughs> uh, yeah. Man, I and- love her writing. I know. And like I said, Lola just coming into her own, she will be, a, she. I really believe she will be a favorite character in the next book when I start it. The cover art of the third book leads me to believe
1: that I will love her even more in the third book.
0: Right? I saw that cover and I was like, ooh, this is going to be fun. Um, I love Rachel Aaron's covers in general. Oh, yeah.
1: I love her cover artist. Uh-huh. Me just- too. mm so good. Some of the covers I really just want to like blow up and hang on my walls, right? All right. <sighs> all right. So what um
0: what scenes do you
1: not like? I hate all the scenes with Victor. I know. I just I hate Victor. He gives me the creeps. Mhm. Because he is a creep, but also like it's the blood mage thing. Like you know he's terrible and slimy and just a horrible person. And then when oh. you have to actually deal with him, he's so conniving. It's like, geez, how does anybody outthink him? Because he's thinking 10 steps ahead of everybody else.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, how, how will he be defeated is the question. I cannot wait to see how that happens because he will be defeated. I have faith in this book yes. series.
1: Yes. All right. What about you?
0: I've, I've said it. I'm just gonna reiterate the beginning, just for me. It Lola just was is not a strong character in the beginning, and I'm like Abby said, it will be good. Abby said it will be good. Mo, just get through it. Abby said it will be good. Yeah, because like I started this book. Ooh, I have a feeling I started this book last, like not last year, last year like 2023, but like in 2022, and kind of left it as like my e-reader book. I think you did. <laughs> yeah. But then once I got into it, bam, I finished it with it like super duper fast, you know? hmm I
1: almost wish that the Black Rider had been the main character. Yeah. Because he was such a fascinating character to begin with. hmm I feel like he might have been slightly more compelling than Lola was. But also, it's really Lola that ends up being the key to Victor's plans. So...
0: It makes sense that she's the main character, but still. Yeah.
1: I feel like if there had been more, if there had been split perspective more, it would have been slightly more compelling. I would have loved that. That would have been really cool.
0: That would have been so good. I want a book with Chelsea in it. Just Chelsea. Oh, me too. That's completely <laughs> irrelevant to this topic <laughs> that we're talking about they should have been done with, like <laughs> characters mo 180 think about heart strikers Kelsey to have her own books actually it's okay heart strikers in general
1: just lives rent-free in my head and pops up occasionally like hey how you doing I'm like hey <laughs> yeah
0: you're like I know you I like you <sighs> so <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's mo going over here like hmm. it happens
1: <laughs> okay so what was your final rating of the book?
0: Oh, God, this this is such a good book, like coming from um, the Western book that just did not tickle my fancy as much into this one. I was like, heck, yeah, man, let's kick some butt. This is great. Um, Five out of five, even though like the beginning blew. Like (coughs) the beginning was like maybe a two, almost a DNF rating, Mm -hmm. but the rest of the book was like a 10. So like it just blew it out of the water. It's fine.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, This book was definitely a five star for me. I think if I'm ranking the DFC books, this one is definitely like my least favorite. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't stop it from being a good book. Like they're all good books. It's just like my least favorite of the good books. You know, I just love this world, too. Yeah. Like I will read anything that she writes in this world because it's such a cool world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I will read it even harder if there's dragons in it, but that's beside the point.
0: I like you're going to read it even harder. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll click my
1: pre-order buttons even harder. Stare at the pages more intensely.
0: Right. <laughs> Come to me. I am ready. Exactly. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening today. We will see you again next week. Hope you pick up this book or picked up this book or just go buy Rachel's Aaron's book and talk to us about it. We'll see you next time.
1: Talk to you in a couple weeks, guys. Bye.
0: If you liked what you heard today and want to
1: help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks, like access to our mini series, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.